Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A U.S. Air Force colonel last week told a story about a murderous AI drone simulation, but walked the story back this week claiming that he misspoke. YouTube ain't even trying anymore when it comes to removing false presidential election fraud claims. The company states the ability to openly debate disproven assumptions is core to a functioning democratic society. 15% of new U.S.-based iPhone users switch over to iOS from Android, and the primary reasons for switching have nothing to do with iMessage. And we discuss all the announcements coming out of WWDC 23, including the new 15-inch MacBook Air, the M2 Ultra-powered Mac Pro, and the new Vision Pro Mixed Reality headset. We got all this and more for you in episode 85 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Staff. And this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. It's grilling time. I don't know if y'all can see my t-shirt. <laughs> Chilling and grilling. It is now officially chilling and grilling season and uh, cleaned out my my um, my grill and did a little grilling on Memorial Day and looking to wear out my grill this year because last year I didn't do that much grilling. So I was like, all right, this year I'm going to do a little bit more grilling before the, I have to go buy another one because this one is pretty old and it's starting to show its age. So it's like, all right, let me get let me get my money's worth first before you before kick the can completely and I got to go shopping. It's funny that you say that because... My birthday was last week and my wife. Happy belated. Oh, thank you. My wife bought me a new grill. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I got it after Memorial Day, so I wasn't able to break it in for Memorial Day. But, you know, I I got the, you know, she she got me the the, the new hotness. So I got to go test it out. And I'm I'm not a big griller. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big cooker. I cook because I'm hungry, not because I enjoy cooking that much. But yeah, I got, I got to break this bad boy in because it's like it's, it's, it's a new toy. So you know, how, you know how you get when you get a new toy. All right. All right. But um, I have to apologize because I clean forgot that last week was Memorial Day and that we were going to be off. And I didn't actually mention that in the last show. So it might have been a surprise to some folks. I tried to make sure that all of our patrons knew. I put it out. I think I put it out on um, Patreon that we were not going to be on. And, of course, I tweeted it and put it in our Discord and everything like that. So hopefully we didn't have, you know, any of our regulars that were looking for the live stream on a holiday last week. But, yeah, we did take last week off. So we have a bunch of tech news to get to this week. Before we do, though, I want to remind everyone that the Tech John is on Patreon. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, like Wayne, like Charles, like Saray, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. And we've got multiple tiers over there. And any one of those tiers gets you access to our live stream and our after party. So once again, it's patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. And anything you could do over there to support us, we really appreciate it. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into some of this tech news. Now, 
Tech Life stuff because we had last week off. I really wasn't paying attention to hardly any news the, the previous week and really the beginning of last week. But I saw you on Instagram talking about this colonel, Colonel uh, Tucker Cinco Hamilton, about some, some war games. It sounded like they was playing with AI <laughs> drones and stuff like that. Right. And it just sounded horrible. It, it sounded really horrible about the stuff that he initially said. Now, so I'll let you tell the story. I think we got to come back and recap it because he's, you know, the, there's been some retractions and stuff like that. But why don't you right. tell the original story that had half of Earth shook based off of what this dude was saying last week? So the colonel basically said that they that the Air Force had run a simulation where there was an AI controlled drone that was supposed to hit these targets. And within the simulation, um, there was a human, uh, a simulated human inside the simulation that would that would give the drone kind of a go or no go, like, yes, strike the target. No, don't hit the target. And the drone, I mean, the AI killed the human and when the human told the drone not to go for the target. So in order to continue, because I guess at the um the drone would get points for every target that it hit. And so because the AI wanted to continue to get the points and the human was preventing it from getting the points by telling it telling it not to hit the targets, the the AI had the human killed. So <laughs> that it can t- continue to hit the targets. And then when they reprogrammed oh, yes. the AI to it say gets worse. Don't, don't it gets worse. kill the human the, the the AI then instructed the drone to destroy the communication tower that the human would be able to Good use grief. to say don't hit the drone hit don't hit the target. Um, so it basically destroyed the human's ability to communicate with the uh, drone to say don't. So basically, the AI did whatever the AI needed to do in order to continue to be able to hit these targets to complete the mission the point, to complete the mission, mm-hmm. and so. You know, it, it was just an awful, you know, look or, or preview, I think, mm-hmm. of, of what AI would be capable of um, when we unleash it, especially in military operations and military functions. Um, but this then, sounds like the big, before you go, that just sounds like mm-hmm. a movie. It sounds like a movie. It, it, it sounds very, very similar to a movie that we've all seen uh, right. that was released back in 1984. Terminator uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, Terminator. 5, and 6, yeah, soon exactly. to be 7. <laughs> right, right. It, it sounds very, very familiar. Um, but then the Air Force started walking things back. Um I, I don't believe they expected because this was this was all um, done in the confines of a conference that this colonel was at over overseas. I, I can't remember where um, it was actually at, but you know, I don't believe they expected this story to go as viral as it did because they started walking it back. And and the official word now from the Air Force is that the colonel misspoke and that the it that the simulation never happened. It was just a quote unquote thought experiment um, that he was kind of talking through real time um, at this conference in in something that could happen as opposed to something that did happen in simulation. I wanted to just I, I quoted this retraction. 
We've never run that experiment, nor would we need to in order to realize that this is a plausible outcome. Now, here's my thing. You cannot misspeak that. It's like either one thing happened. He either lied to us or he's lying to us. This this is the only only two options that, you know, that that can be, uh, you know, here. Or or maybe there is a, you know, a, a mashup of the two. Maybe he did embellish some, but. It, it's oddly specific <laughs> what what he said happened, how it happened, what the ramifications for after, you know, let's go in and reprogram this thing that you cannot kill your operator. Uh, so that's that's just oddly specific for that to be. Oh, I just misspoke. Right. So I don't. So. Like you said, he either lied to us or lied to us, he either lied about the story in the first place. Or is lying about the outcome of the story or of this operation in which the oper- the the drone never killed the operator multiple times, and it was just like a, a, a I don't I don't I don't understand how could he say yeah I I don't understand why would he say we haven't run that experiment when he told us the exact experiment that they ran or simulation that they ran well he he's claiming that that it wasn't an actual simulator. He was, he's claiming, he, he's claiming he was just thinking out loud about how this could be extrapolated. If such a simulation were run, you know, the, the theoretically the, the AI could kill the human and then destroy the communication. Like he really went, out on a limb to to try to claim that this was all something he had actually just made up in his head as Come opposed on, to man. exactly exactly and and my whole thing because i you know i posted this back on the day it happened before the air force uh put out their retraction and and their their whole misspoke thing um and you know it kind of went low key viral on my Instagram uh, page. I, I currently have more than 10,000 views of the reel uh, that I posted on this. And I got a lot of new followers and, and a lot of people came on my page in the comments, you know, talking about, oh, this could never happen. You know, why are you fear mongering for clicks and, and things like that? So I actually did a live yesterday, Sunday, um, to sort of clear up whatever misconceptions people had about the type of content I post on my page, number one, um, because I've been doing this for over a decade and, and I don't do that. And number two, to make people aware that this is a very real threat. You know, the idea that this could happen is a very real threat. And they said so in the, in the statement that you, you said, Rob, we, we, they claim they never run the experiment, but it's plausible. So that means it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and number three, to 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 talk about the idea of misspeaking in this context. You know, this man is a high-ranking military official. You know, yeah. as someone who has worked for a government defense contractor, we know what we can and cannot say in any context at any given time. You know, and and he's been in this service for long enough to know what is allowed and what is not allowed. He let a slip of the tongue happen and said something he wasn't supposed to say and Uh now has to walk that back. But, you know, misspoke doesn't necessarily mean that what he said wasn't true or didn't happen. It just means he said something that he he didn't have no business saying. And and then I'm looking at the story now. He says (laughs) the rogue AI simulation that he explained before he got caught up 
was a hypothetical thought experiment right. outside of the military based on plausible scenarios and likely outcomes. Why are you, even if that was true, <laughs> you are a military high ranking official. How are you just running your mouth about so stuff? Yeah, so How are you just yeah, running so yeah, your mouth? Let, let's, put, let's put some respect on his name. This is Colonel Tucker Hamilton of the U.S. Air Force. Chief of AI Test and Operations. Right. He runs the department and he's the right. one putting this stuff out there. It ain't like some, you know, you know, some private that just got there four weeks ago and is just telling, you know, at the bar, telling, you know, some some tall tales. This is the dude that runs it. And, but you know, Terrence, before you jumped on while Steph and I were in the uh, green room, I was trying to look up how many colonels are there in the Air Force? Um, I, I did not find it. So if anybody knows that, I, I'd like to know how many colonels there are just so we can, you know, kind of gauge how high up in the military there. he is. And the other thing is that I want to come back and look and see, does he get his next promotion on, on schedule or does he somehow exit the military and he becomes like a civilian contractor or maybe becomes a politician or something like that? Because it's like, is this one where he has to fall on a sword? Um, or did he really miss, you know, did he really misspeak? None of this is making me feel any better about, you know, about robots that can decide to, I don't like my orders. Therefore, I want to kill the person who gave them to me so that I can complete my mission. That just does not, that just does not sound great. Yeah. It's like, man, what are you, (laughs) how are you just running your mouth about something that probably did happen? And right. now you change your mind and say, oh, I was just thinking out loud. It's like military people don't get afford the luxury of thinking out loud about about simulated experiments ran within the United States military. You just running your mouth. And about <laughs> scenarios that have humans getting killed. And then the, the, the other piece of this, though, is, you know, a lot of the, the pushback that I got, you know, once I posted this from people commenting was that the AI is not sophisticated enough to make these type of decisions yet. And, 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 you know, you're getting confused between AGI and ANI. And, you know, I don't think you really understand. There's some, somebody, and I just, just grinded my gears, tried to mansplain artificial mm-hmm. intelligence to me. And I was like, sir, I was like, you do realize I'm a whole engineer, right? Um, <laughs> and- but, and, and but it, that's what the dude said. The Colonel right. <laughs> said it. Right. That's I ain't got to fear mark or nothing. The dude but, said what people, <laughs> but what people fail to understand about AI and machine learning and things like that, you know, the AI just wants to accomplish its mission. Right. It, it's not malicious. You know what I mean? And, and people think that, oh, AI is going to get as smart as humans and, and start to hate humans and want to kill all humans. I'm like, it don't even have to be like that. It, if AI thinks humans aren't necessary, AI will eliminate the unnecessary part of like it's it's not it's not and and we should be uh, we should be worried that ai is not sentient because it can't be compassionate and empathetic enough to say maybe we shouldn't get rid of all the humans on the world because humans are necessary and we like you know what i mean like it once it determines a threat it's going to eliminate the threat period or, and, and, or, and, you know it, it's not personal <laughs> or in this case if it does get smart enough to figure out it's like you know what you sent me these specific instructions to complete this task. How can I get around 
you changing the task so I can complete the original task. Let me figure out how to do that. That sounds like me, just a minor old calculation that it just it figured out how to get around. And that sounds like AI. It figured out how to get around it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it figured out how to get around it because that's what AI does. It right. learns as it goes. Right. And, 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 and I think people definitely need to be concerned about these specific types of applications because the the narrow focus of the AI is to complete a mission and to do it as efficiently and effectively and quickly as possible and, and do it we over, in the way, over and over again. And, and if, if we in a way slowing down, way, right. <laughs> if a human being gets in the way to slow down the, the, the completion of the mission, then, then the human being might potentially get eliminated. No, folks out here be thinking stretch. folks out here thinking that AI is like Wally or Johnny five. And these things have feelings and they, they want to protect humans and this and that and the other. No, not at all. Where AI is right now is it is going to accomplish its goal. That, that, that is what it's trying to do. It's not thinking about how do I feel about this? It, it doesn't feel any way about it. It's like, my goal is to win. And these are the parameters under which I can win winning. I can't win if I'm told not to complete the mission. So what can I do to complete the mission? Well, if I kill the person that gives me the order that tells me not to complete the mission, then I can complete the mission. Oh, I can't, I can't kill that person. Oh, well, if I destroy their community, their means of communication with me, then they can't tell me not to complete the mission. Therefore I complete the mission. It's not thinking about what's right or wrong. It's thinking about, can I win? Can I get points? Can I not? That's the way that it's programmed. So like I said, you know, I, I titled this cap or no cap on this rogue, you know, rogue AI drone kills this operator and simulated test because we don't know. It's like, you know, you either lie to us with the initial story or you are you lying now. It may be it's a combination of the two, but this is not misspeaking. This is you, you told a whole story that is not the truth, according to the story that you're well, telling us now. Or he told the truth and his misspoke was, I shouldn't have said that out loud. And that's, that's what I believe. I believe he told the truth and, and was not, and, and said something he wasn't supposed to say and Mm -hmm. now has to take it back. And, and Mm -hmm. it happens all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not the first person to run his mouth and get real sloppy and messy. And, and now, you know, they trying to do damage control. I know spin Mm -hmm. when I hear it. Please. Mm So, y'all, this next story we're going to get into, I just I got a couple questions for you before we jump into it. But do you remember a couple of years ago, we had this election back in 2020 and there were just all kinds of misinformation and, you know, folks saying that the election was stolen and all these things that was happening. And it's just confusing the heck out of everybody. And YouTube got to the point to where they started. Actually, we're going to remove all of this absolutely verifiably false information. Just because we think it's better for our end users to not even have that, uh, you know, that erroneous content available to them when we absolutely know that it's not true. Well, mm-hmm. it's pretty much what they're saying. It's like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> we we, we rolled it that back. We go just let this stuff, you know, flow through. So, Stephanie, I think you stuck this one in here, but you said YouTube ain't even tried anymore. It's like they ain't even trying no more. Yeah. YouTube is reversing its policies on election misinformation starting today. And this article was written on June 2nd. Starting today, YouTube will stop removing content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors or glitches occurred in the 2020 and other past U.S 
presidential elections. YouTube says that the ability to openly debate political ideas, even those that are controversial or based on disproven assumptions, is core to a functioning democratic society, especially in the midst of election season. I'm not sure how that works, how debating disproven assumptions Fake, false. is, is mm-hmm. core to democracy. Why would I debate a disproven assumption at all if it's been disproven? Like, I, I don't understand that. I I I think um, a couple of people in the chat say, you know, it's advertising is money. And a lot of the people who are possibly or the people behind sharing a lot of this false information, maybe also the one pumping ad dollars into YouTube, possibly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I Absolutely. personally think that YouTube is like, we don't want... I don't want to be bothered with moderating. So I don't want to moderate anymore. I don't want to work. It's too hard. They're like a toddler, a toddler who has time for a nap and they they go limp on the floor when you try to drive. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, we did not get into the, mm, we didn't get into the business of working. We just want people to upload content and we get paid off the advertising that we can Mm -hmm. do off the content we don't want to do anything else extra and this is extra stuff and we don't want to do it no more so here's my take i think i think alphabet google youtube i think they're hedging their bets they're looking at the, they did like this put the finger up in the wind right, right it's like you know what this dude that lost the last election could win the next one and you know what he is vindictive and if we and all the stuff that he is saying is true that we know isn't, but we're but we're actually you know going and saying that we're going to take all this tr- this stuff that is not true down. Then he's going to come back after us. So what what is best for us in this situation? We'll still flag it. We'll we'll still allow people to put context on it. You know, for the stuff that is verifiably untrue. But we're not going to do anything because last thing we want is that administration changes. And laws start to change and affect how we operate and our ability to make all the money that we can make. So from my opinion, or, or this is just my opinion. I don't have yeah, any facts to prove this, but this seems like we are hedging our bets to make sure that if the election goes the other way, you know, the other guy wins this next time that he being vindictive is not going to come back after me. That's that's what I think. You know, that's what I think this I'm, is. I'm sure that's probably a part of it. It's a, the the in, in another part of the article. It says, despite the policy reversal, YouTube says it will continue to enforce rules that prevent users from discouraging others from participating in an election. It will also take action against content that aims to misuse that, that aims to mislead users about the time, place, or requirements for voting, as well as content that disputes the v- validity of mail-in voting. Additionally, YouTube says it still prominently surfaces content from quote-unquote authoritative sources in search results and recommendations. Yeah. So you, they, they're basically bets. punting. Yeah, they're basically punting their, you know, and 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 um, there's a word I'm looking for and it's, it's escaping me right now, but they, they've decided not to do their job pretty much they've they've abdicated their responsibility in moderating their own content and they're just like listen 
y'all on y'all own at this point. And I'm right. sure it's probably, you know, a ton of information out there. They're not, mm-hmm. They, you know, they said there, it, it already said that their methods weren't super effective in the 2020 election. Videos still popped up. They still did, you know, all that different stuff. So they're, they're basically punting it and be like, y'all on y'all own, you know, good luck out there, <laughs> people. And, and just goes back to why we need digital literacy training in schools, you know, because people just don't have the tools and the, the critical thinking skills to determine what's real and what's not and, and how to figure out and what resources to use to verify and what and places or, to go, you know, and, and, or like you mentioned, they either don't have the tools or two TikTok is the tool. YouTube right. is the tool. Twitter is the Wik- tool. Wikipedia is the tool. Wik- Wikipedia, Facebook, Reddit, those are the tools. And whatever they I see know. is the rule of thumb. It yeah. is. It's terrible. It's It, it, it really is. It's like I, I wasn't expecting to see this story. But now that I see it, it's like. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see why that, I can see why y'all doing this. I can see why y'all doing that this because tracks. it's like at the end of the day, if you are alphabet and you're like, we want to make all the money that we can make, that, that is what drives us. Then this isn't necessarily, you know, d- doing this type of moderation doesn't necessarily make us more money. It's not whether or not it's a right thing to do or not. It is, is it the right thing for us to do? Does it make us more money doing this than it does by not doing it? And if somebody kind calculated like, that, no, we make like more money. AI drone, kind of like an AI drone that'll kill the human user to <laughs> achieve the target. And it ain't personal. We just try to make more money. And we, this is what we doing. We want to make all the money. So it's really interesting that they just said, no, we're just, we're, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to continue to combat the stuff that we know is false because right. it is your right to argue with people over things that are verifiably untrue. That you know that that's part of the you know the discourse, and from I guess from a pr- perspective, you you are right. There's there is there's no law that says you can't argue with stupid people. So uh, I shouldn't say stupid people. People that you have disagreements with, and you have facts on your side, and they don't. I'll, I'll say that that doesn't make them stupid. It just makes them in, you know um, you know uninformed. There's no there's no no rules against that. So it's just I get it. But I get I, it, I just but. It, it, it's, it, it stinks, number one. And, and, you know, it sucks that YouTube is able to comfortably absolve themselves of this responsibility because I, I think that, I think that's our problem right now as a society is that these platforms have just decided to wash their hands of the whole thing and, and just let this be this free for all. Um, and, and this is what we get. You know what I mean? This, this is what we get. Especially when they when we know they have the know how, because if I put up a video on YouTube with some uh, some music or a video clip or a right. movie clip, they quick to work on that. I oh, mean, that's money quick. down and I could and I need to do. But you know, I'm, my, my point right. is, it's, it this ain't video has been blocked that, for copyright, copyright purposes or whatever. They can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they can do that quick, fast and hurry versus this. It's like, oh, uh, eh, eh. it's just like y'all have the technology y'all have the wherewithal y'all have the knowledge the skills the application Absolutely. y'all can do it how many, how many black lives you... matter videos get banned every day 
you know, right. you can make mm-hmm. the argument that they actually make more money by allowing the content on there because it's going to get yeah, more absolutely. people arguing and fighting and, you know, oh, cussing yeah. and screaming at each I other think- in the content, which is going to drive yes. them to more videos, that, which yes, is ultimately going to. Longer. Exactly. So, so yeah, this, this, yes, yeah, this is to me, like I said, it's, it's, it's probably some of everything that we said, but like I so said, when I, when I initially uh, saw this story, I'm like, so y'all, y'all think the other dude might win next time and you just hedging your bet right now. That, that, you know, how do you not, you know, how, how do you not say it's that? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So y'all sticking with... uh with uh alphabet google Let, let's talk about some android so i know neither one of y'all care much about this but it is an interesting story <laughs> it is an interesting story that uh well I, don't, well, I don't well i don't care about it how they buried the lead this is like all right i'm reading going down scrolling all right what's the reason what's the reason Right. The they did. Yeah. What's they, the reason? Where is it somebody at? Just, somebody just needed 500 words mm. to turn in. Somebody needed so, to turn in 500 words and was like, let me just, you know. And, and, you know, so let's just tell what the story is. So Android is, uh, you know, is losing users to iOS. That's not that's not the news. The reason that I think a lot of people thought that Android, you, you know, Android was losing users to the iPhone was because of iMessage. Well, it turns out that iMessage is not even one of the top five reasons why people are leaving iOS, or, or should say leaving Android and moving over to the iPhone. And before I t- we start getting to the reasons why, this is a huge, 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 huge issue for Google that I'm not sure what they're going to do to figure this out because they're, they're basically losing, you know, when, when there is a person who becomes a new iPhone user in the United States, there's a 15% chance that they actually switched over from, from Android. So the main reason is because the Android phones are switching over from a trash. I mean, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what people are saying is like, we have problems with the phone that we had I want to get a higher end phone and in their mind, they're thinking higher end is going to be the iPhone. So like I said, there's, there, there's a lot of reasons why, but that, that's a real issue for, uh, you know, for, and you know, for Android, it's a real issue for Google's real issue for alphabet, because if you keep losing 15%, every time somebody, you know, you know, literally every time somebody gets an iPhone in the United States, if 15% of the people who get them used to be Android users, well, you don't see 15% of iOS users moving over to Android. This, this is like a one-way uh, flow of, you know, users from Android over to iOS. So 
I started thinking about what, why, why is this? What, why do so many people feel like Android is just inferior? Like the phones are just not as good. The operating system is just not as good. So build quality has, I don't know. I've always felt like the build quality just wasn't there, even on a, on a, you know, S22 and, and, you know, one of Samsung's flagship phones. I, I haven't spent a ton of time, you know, checking out the pixel necessarily, but you know, that the, the, those S22, I think we're at 23 now, you know, those are 15, 1200, $1,300 phones. Mm-hmm. So, but, we, but in the hand, just in the hand, you know what I mean? The, there's a difference. There's just a difference in the build quality between one of those phones and an iPhone. And, and it, it's, it's immediately noticeable. It's, it's, it's just a visceral thing that, that you can, you know, that you can tell just, just by holding both devices in, in your hands. The build quality is just different. And there may be. And so, in my opinion, uh, Android's positive is also closely tied to his negative. And what I mean by that is the benefit over Android is I'll admit 100 percent you can take an Android device and there is no real limitation on what you can do with the device. There's mm-hmm. more choices in which you can choose an Android. You can, there's a whole list of manufacturers, even if some of them have dropped off the face of the earth. There's still a myriad of choices and a myriad of options and a myriad of selections. And even when you get the phone, the uh, myriad of customizations and personalization, mm-hmm. what you can do with the phone. And I don't want to say limitless is not the right word, but the sky's the limit on what you can do, what you can choose and what you can do with Android. The negative to that is there's the no direction. The <laughs> right. And so there are some people who just want a phone and want to know that when I get the phone, it's mm-hmm. all done. It's all there's a there's a there's a and guide. There's a there's a there's a stream. There's a there's a a way to use the phone that everybody knows. When you get an iPhone, you do this this this. You mm-hmm. do this this this, and you do this this and this, and that's the experience you're going to get. So by getting into the uh, iPhone, just like you know what you're going to get. There are some people. It's like I don't want to be messing around with wallpapers and I don't want to have to sideload anything and, and using blah, all blah, these blah, different things. I don't want to do all that. I just want to call my yeah. grandbabies on FaceTime right. and send emails <laughs> and check Facebook. Which phone's going to be it. easier to quick do that out of the box? Let me get that one. So I, it's a, it, it's, it's like the, you know, gift and the curse with Android, you know, for people who are tech savvy and love all that stuff. Android, no question. But if you just want a phone that's just going to work and you know what the experience is going to be before you even get it, you know, Android, that's where they kind of lack, in my opinion. I think you're both right. I think you're absolutely both right. So I'll give you one caveat. I don't think this is happening so much on the high end. So if you've got like I'm using S22, we'll be using it until probably the S24 comes out next year. Uh, You know, my wife is using the flip. She really, she really likes that phone that, you know, that flips other members of my family who are using Android. They tend the the ones who have stuck around on Android, they tend to have the higher end phones. So um, where I think you're seeing a lot of this 15% people who are becoming iPhone users who were Android users before they probably had lower mid range or even low end phones. So I'm thinking where, where's this coming from? Because I'm thinking like a, 
it, it could be that or it could be, you know, even like the blue phones or like some of the Motorola phones, even some of the Samsung, Samsung phones. Samsung makes maybe. lower end phones. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but you know, so the problem is that when you actually have like a $200 piece of hardware, it functions like a $200 piece of hardware. And although you can go and buy a really old refurbished iPhone for $200, that phone never cost $200 from Apple. It was significantly more expensive than that. So, it, you know, even though it may be an older device, it was a really quality piece of hardware for when it came out. These $200 phones that you're going and buying brand new in the box, $200 phones, they're really only worth $200 and they're only worth $200 for a reason. So if you're using, it's kind of like if you're, I don't want to disparage any car company, but if you was driving a hoopty and you know, you know, it gets me where I need to go, but it's like, man, my alternator's got issues. I, I have all these issues with it, or I can just go get me this nice Tesla or, you know, let, let's not even use that. You know, I can, I can go get me this nice, uh, you know, this nice Chrysler 300 or if they still make, you know, if, you know, what, whatever car is just hot right now. That's a nice, you know, um, not a super expensive car, but a nice medium range car, which would be a lower end iPhone. And you get that and it just works all the time. Part of it is because number one, you got a much, you know, more effective piece of hardware because you spent way more money on it. And then two is that you're now dealing with an operating system that has been around forever. And everybody who uses an iPhone uses iOS. It's the same operating system for everybody else. The second reason why I think um, Google is having these issues is because if you use Samsung, you have, you know, you have uh, Samsung's launcher. If you're using Motorola, you're using Motorola's launcher. If you're using a Pixel, you're actually using the one from, you know, from Google. If you're using a blue phone, you're using their launcher. You have all these different companies who are making their own variants of how Android is supposed to work. And if you, are uh, like say getting one of these lower end devices, you probably aren't getting the fit and polish that you would get if you had, you know, um, touch UI on, on the latest highest end Samsung device, or if you had like, uh, you know, one of these high end Motorola devices. However, I gotta, I gotta jump in because, you know, if, if you want to make that argument about hardware and build quality on higher end phones, but the second reason, um, that people switch is the, to Terrence's point, the more intuitive user interface. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what yeah. the phone does, hardware wise, it is just a, a more seamless and, and, immediately usable interface right out of the box yeah. and and i think that makes a difference for a lot of people that makes a difference for me i'm just like like you said you want to you want it to just be able to work and anytime i have this argument with an android user uh, in there why what's the big deal about iphone i'm like because it just works mm -hmm. you, you don't have to think about it you don't have to do anything you see hello pop up on the screen and then you're using your phone not only that, and, and none of that other stuff needs to happen. Not only does it just work, but for every other iPhone user, it works the same way. Now, there the are some differences. Way. Like, I guess if you've got a really old iPhone that can't get updated, uh, you know, and we'll talk about like the, you know, the new version of iOS that just got announced today and, you know, in, in, in a bit. But if, you, you know, if, if you have a device that physically can't run the latest OS, then yes, you're going to be missing out on the newest of the new stuff. But here's the thing. Nobody really misses what they don't have. 
if you do, you go get the you, you go get the device that can run the thing that you. Oh, I really got to have that new feature. Therefore, you go get the new phone. But for everything else, iOS just works the way that it works. And they've had years and years and years to get that stuff to work right. Um, I will say this. Like I said, I, you know, um, you know, I said at the beginning of my diatribe that I don't think that this is necessarily happening on the high end, the highest end of the of the of the phones. Um, you know, most folks who, you know, if you decide to go spend $1,600, $1,700 on a fold, you probably really are into that Samsung ecosystem. And that, that's the device that you wanted. Um, and not so much on the lower end. But here's a, another problem for Google. People are switching off of pixels, which you would think that Google putting their own phone out, that it would be a flagship device. I just said this on a show, um, you know, probably not two weeks ago. One of the reasons I've just never got down with the Pixel, it's like, yeah, they're fine phones. They're they're really good. But when I when I take this and I, I take a Pixel and I set it next to an iPhone, I take a Pixel and I set it next to like a one of the highest end, like the Galaxy S or the Galaxy Flipper Fold, it just doesn't compare build quality wise, in my opinion. That, that's just a personal opinion. And clearly, many, many Pixel owners uh, feel that way as well because Pixels People are getting into them as like a mid-range phone because one of the nice things about the Pixel is that it doesn't cost a grip. You know, you, you can get a high-end Pixel for less than what you can get a high-end Samsung or a high-end Android uh, or high-end Samsung or high-end iPhone. But it's, you know, but it seems like if that is your flagship that you should be putting all the bells and whistles in it. And I don't know that Google is just it, well, they is put doing all the that. Bells and whistles that. They put all the bells and whistles in the camera and not the phone. And, and that's probably part of the problem. I mean, I, you know, people take a lot of pictures. I mean, they, that, that is what people do and what people, you know, use their phones for quite a bit, but you still don't want a cheap ass phone. And, and (laughs) yeah. And, uh, like with, like with so many things, uh, you know, Apple, it's, it's, it's not even just a, it's not a false perception. It's just the perception is there. The perception is that iPhones are better than Android devices because they're built better and have better software on them. And I don't think that that's an inaccurate statement. And I am, I am a diehard Android fan, but I, I, I've said this, you know, um, I've, I've told this story on this show, uh, you know, many times. The reason I am not a, uh, you know, an iPhone user is because I have these incredibly large hands. I literally can palm a I basketball. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got these really big hands. My hands are so big, I can palm a basketball with my thumb and my first finger. That That's how big my hands are. Um, So when I got the very first iPhone, the, the, the original iPhone that came out, and Terrence, I think you would agree with this, that phone was trash. It, it, like, it's like it was buggy. It didn't work. It was tiny. It was like the size of a p- piece of gum. It was, it was just a super tiny phone. So for me coming over from these nice, wonderful Blackberries to where I could, I could type with my thumbs, I physically couldn't do that on an iPhone. My hands were just too big and my hands would get cramped up. So the reason I didn't get the iPhone or I got it, the reason I returned my iPhone was because it was just physically too small for me. And then the iPhone 3 and iPhone 3GS came out. I got both of them. It was the same thing. They just, they just physically weren't big enough. And Android was making these oversized phones that I liked. So that's literally how I got into it and have kind of just stuck there. But I have had like, you know, the last iPhone I had was the iPhone 12. 
There is nothing wrong with that phone. There is nothing that I can say about that phone that was significantly worse about a Android, you know, like, a, you know, Android, a similar, uh, you know, caliber. Um, there's just, there was just nothing I can say about it. Like the phone, it took great pictures. It worked fine. All the software did everything that it did. A little bit closed garden when I'm used to side loading apps and that kind of stuff. I couldn't do that anymore, but the, the phone was fine. There's, there was no reason that I could not effectively use an iPhone today. Um, but this is a, this is a real problem, in my opinion, for Google. If they can't get people to stay on their flagship, you, you know, it's like I'm reading through the story. I'm looking at some of the related articles. People are switching off of the Google Pixel to go to the iPhone. That's not a good look. That's that's not a good look at all. Eh, the phone will go the way of the Windows phone and Google mm. will be OK <laughs> with Android <laughs> as, as they have been. Yeah. Google will be I. Alphabet will be I. Yeah. So, y'all, we, we, we need to spend most of our time on this next story here. So WWDC 23 happened today. Um, I didn't realize that this this keynote was going to be like two hours, and 15 minutes long. I, you know, right. It was long. I watched it. I watched it on one and a half speed because I, I, I had some stuff to do earlier today and I came home and I, and I saw it in the, in the rundown and I was like, oh, shoot, I meant to watch that. Let me just go ahead and watch it real quick, thinking it was going to be an hour. And I saw the 209 <laughs> and I was like, OK, I was like, OK, let me put this on 1.5 X and, and kind of and then I fast forwarded through some pieces and stuff like that. It was it was way longer than it needed to be. I, 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 I will say this. I did actually watch it live, but it watched me live, too, because uh, <laughs> there, there was probably a good 25, 35 minutes. To where I was unconscious uh, I, during it. I started getting heavy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was way longer than. It's it like did. yeah, this uh, th- this nice chair that I'm sitting in uh, is, is very comfortable. And I, I kind of rocked back, and next thing I know, I heard I heard a chime, an alert that woke me up, and I'm oh crap, did I miss the uh, you know, did I miss the big part of the announcement? But uh, Terrence, I see you stuck a bunch of notes in here about what went down with WWDC. So why don't you kind of just walk us through? a little bit of uh, all the big news that came out of Apple today. Well, um, for those who don't know, uh, WWDC is Apple's worldwide developer conference. Typically what Apple does is it announces software. So primarily the new iOS that's coming out later in September, alongside the new phone that Apple launches, they take this time to talk about software. So this year's no change. To that, on that level, there's no change. They announced iOS 17. They announced iPad OS 17. They announced their new Mac desktop uh, software, which is Mac OS Sonoma. That's the new name. They uh, announced Watch OS 10. They announced TV OS 17, which is their Apple TV operating system. Mm-hmm. And they announced a bunch of stuff in all of those things. And I kind of just kind of went through and kind of highlighted some of the things that I thought that was interested, uh, interesting in uh, a lot of those things. But in addition to all of the iOS operations, which as you can imagine, they got better. This, they got faster. This, they got this new thing. They got that new feature. But the reason why Rob said they were, he took a nap because they were kind of rushing through a lot of that stuff. Like I said, I didn't go, I'm not going to go and talk about in detail all the things that were announced through all of those operating systems because Apple did something a little bit different. Um, if you remember back when Steve Jobs announced the iPad and he announced some of these other new products, he would 
kind of do the same thing, kind of run through some of this stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But we have one more thing. So mm-hmm. kind of Tim mm-hmm. Cook kind of carried on that mantle and he kind of used the iconic one more thing line to introduce the new Vision Pro AR headset. Basically, what it is is augmented reality. It is a um, a, a headset. Think of like Oculus Quest in the sense that it is a virtual, not virtual. It is a headset that goes over your head and it's got covers your eyes with the screen that you actually look into. What makes this different differentiates itself from virtual reality. If you think of virtual reality, you kind of, when you put the goggles on, it kind of takes you into another thing for Oculus is MetaQuest. I'm not MetaQuest. Uh, Meta has their own metaverse where you go in, you actually enter into this world where you do all these different things inside of that world, right? What differentiates uh, Apple's vision pro is, is more augmented reality. So when you put the headset on, you are actually, this got all these different cameras and all these different sensors around it. What it does is it gives you a view of your current real world. It just gives you the ability to overlay screens on top of it. And the way the, the cool thing about this Vision Pro is they've got these cameras to where if you're put on the headset and you've got a movie going or you're watching a presentation or you're actually presenting a presentation, you can still see the world around you. You can still hear the world around you. So if somebody kind of comes into your view, this uh, Vision Pro with all these cameras not only will project that person into your view if you have the headset on, but the screen kind of shows, not kind of, it actually goes from being a black screen on your face to where it actually opens up to where the person that's coming into your view can actually see your face for that attention, you know? And I think that's Apple's way of saying, all right, this is different than virtual reality. You can interact in this new environment, but you're still a part of the real world. And I think that's what the, the, the drum beat that Apple kept drumming with this device. You know, like I mentioned, it doesn't have, even though they didn't mention it, you can pair it with AirPods or the headset itself has its own speakers that project sound into your ears. So while you're watching a movie or doing a presentation or whatever you're doing in this in this augmented reality, you can still hear things that are going around you. So they don't want you to give you the impression that you're fully immersed and you're blocked off from the real world and you're doing something totally totally separate or um, uh, um, distant from your current environment. So that is the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, like I mentioned, it's got a bunch of cameras. They've got they got some guy to kind of talk about all the the design features. If you got glasses like me, you're they're optional to where you can add these uh, Zeiss. Um, I thought that was really cool that they right. that they put those lenses in there as opposed to I know on the making Oculus, it big to where my glasses yeah. can fit in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's another piece you put on. Yo, I ain't gonna front. The Vision Pro looks dope as fuck. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it's space age technology. It uses mm-hmm. a concept called spatial computing right. to render all of these different things in in augmented reality for you. It gives you the opportunity to immerse yourself if you if want you'd to, like, mm-hmm. but but you still get to see what's in front. Yo, I, I just ain't paying for it, but it looks <laughs> so. Super, yeah, that, that's the same. Yeah, so super, let me let me super dope. Yeah. So let me finish up some of the things It has the Apple watch digital crown to where you can um, adjust the crown and like you can kind of change the 
distances of like your different screens to where if you feel like you need a little bit more space, you can zoom it in. If you're with your family and friends and they're doing something cool, like a birthday party, there's a button where you can press and actually record things as you're watching them. You know, um, you can swap out lenses. You can change the different headsets, different based on your head shape and how you want it to fit. You can do all these adjustings, adjustments, things of that nature. Um, it does, um, the computing part of it, you can Bluetooth like a keyboard and a mouse to where if you're like doing remote work and you need an actual keyboard, you can do that. But the main features on how you interact with this thing is, like I mentioned, it's got a bunch of cameras in it, so it can actually and see the, your the, fingers. The, the hand, the hand right. features. Yes, I thought that was super cool. Like yeah. the little, the girl that was sitting on the couch. You can was snap like, your fingers. Like my, fingers. Minority report mode. You Like Tom Cruise yeah. just it's moving your hand. Minor, it was straight minority report up in that job. I was like, yep. yo, yo. So, Here's one, here's one of the that. things that Tim Cook said. He said that this device is the most technologically advanced personal computing device in existence. And, you know, when I hear stuff like that, I automatically think hyperbole. Well, that's what you're supposed to say. I don't know that he's joking on this. It it might actually be. He might actually be as far as like things that you're going to have on your person because it's like, OK, well, what is probably going to be the most complex thing that you are wearing on your person is probably going to be like your phone. This is way more than what a phone can do. Way right. more so than it's, it's crazy. Terrence, so you probably want to tell us about the processors and stuff, right? Right. I was going to say they 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 created a they created a brand new processor. They created a brand new operating system specifically operating for that. Them. Which yep. leads you which leads me to believe that there's going to be more products down the road. If you're creating a whole new operating system for this device, then it ain't going to be specialized to this one specific product. That leads me to believe there may be more stuff down the road. Uh with the um in addition to the the uh, I guess touch gesture based operating you can the cameras on the inside that are looking at your eyes are actually watching your eye movements and if you're looking at a website and your eyes are tracking down the screen the um the the vision pro knows that and actually start to scroll the screen for you if you're looking in different areas it'll kind of adjust the focus to where you can see so like i said all of that adds into that this is a um, this is like a new ground that Apple's trying to break into. They didn't just say, all right, VR is out there. Here's our take on VR. What Apple no, said was, yeah. we're doing something completely different. We're doing yeah. something completely different, something new, not to say we're better, but this is just something that we're working on that they're we... better. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they're better. <laughs> well, because I still think there's, I still think it's there's a better. place I, there's still, I still think there's a place for people who say, I want to be completely immersed. I want to be completely enveloped and I want to completely zone out on the thing that but I'm that's doing. The whether thing, be but, get, you, but you have the, that capability. These if you, you if that digital, that digital crown on there mm-hmm. will expand the, the, the field of vision of what yeah. you're, of what you're right. looking at. If you want to be immersed in that thing in that moment, and then you can come back around. My my camera just went out of focus. Hey, camera, come back to me. Um, there we go. Um, and and but so you you get to pick that. Like th- mm-hmm. th- this was beyond. You know, this was like you said, Minority Report. This was futuristic, next level type computing that 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 they're doing with this thing it i was super 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 impressed right with, and with a cu- the capabilities of this thing man and it a was, couple more and a couple more things it has like i said it has 3d cameras it has lidar in it so it can take um um 
pictures of your environment and actually create a 3D map of your environment. And they use that 3D environment for the spatial audio that kind of measures all the different surfaces and provides the better, the best audio um, as possible. It has a new sort of verification because if you think of Apple, you have a touch ID, which uses your fingerprints, biometrics. You think a face ID that uses your face for biometrics. This new uh, Vision Pro has something called, I think they call it optic, optic ID, optic ID that actually uses your eyes for uh, biometrics. Your retina for uh, biometrics. So I'm saying all these features and all this new technology and all this groundbreaking stuff to say these joints ain't cheap at all. You know, <laughs> um, it ain't available right and now. And they already it, have a um, uh, partnership with Disney Plus. They, they have a partner with Disney Plus, content, which has Marvel, like, ESPN, yeah, all these different. So you kind of know, which was my thing was, I don't know if I want, I don't know if this is going to work if it's just Apple running their little native apps. They no. made it a point to bring out Bob Iger from Disney. They made mm-hmm. it a point to bring out uh, uh, Hideo Kajima, I think Kajima, which is a god as it relates to gaming. Mm-hmm. They wanted to let people know that this thing is going to work out of the box for $3,500. But again, like you said, the question is going to be, uh, will there be enough um, third party, to, in my opinion, is there going to be enough third party development to where people will actually say, okay, this is enough of a use case for me to go out and invest that money? Because if it's just VR, like Oculus, to where you just can play games, where you can just watch movies and you can do some little fitness stuff, I don't think that's enough. So Apple had to go and list all this new technology and bring in all these partners and do all this stuff, say, look, we know it ain't cheap, but at the same time, this is a brand new experience, something unlike you've ever experienced before. We think you're going to be interested in it. This is how much it's going to cost. $34.99. It's a lot of money. But even if they, even if they, I won't say even if they never get any third party developers, because they obviously they're going to have to do that. But mm-hmm. even the idea that you can link your MacBook to it, throw that screen up in AR in 4K mm-hmm. and use a virtual keyboard or an actual physical keyboard to do stuff in a, you know, th- th- yeah. th- th- it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a really good presentation. It, it, it really was. But I, I know me and I know a whole lot of other folks when I saw the price, and Terrence, you may you may mention to this. They put the price up all quick and fast, like people weren't gonna notice. Like it, it, you know, they they wasn't making a point to let you know that this thing was you know almost two straps. It was you know we, you know thirty thirty you know thirty four ninety nine. I said to myself, and this is the honest to goodness truth. I said thirty five hundred dollars. I said it all high, just like that, and I reminded myself of Chris Tucker from Rush Hour. When uh, <laughs> like fifty million dollars, <laughs> it's like who does she think she is, Chelsea Clinton? You know that that's literally what I thought. It's like whoa, this thing is expensive. It's is is really really expensive. So I think there's a story behind that, right? Um, I don't know if we talked about it on this particular show, but there were reportedly some inner, um, I, I guess I call it dialogue within between the Apple engineers and the Apple designers, right? The Apple engineers was like, nah, 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 nah. Let's hold this off. We ain't ready. We need to do this and that and the third. Engineering, engineering, engineering. 
the designers was like, yo, this thing is hot. It's cooking. We need to get this out, of, get this out the door, let people talk about it. All these rumors, people are starting to get, they're, they're waiting, waiting, waiting for this device. Let's go ahead and push it out. The engineers are like, nah, we need to hold off. I think there was a compromise, in my opinion, to where the people who are going to go out and buy this are going to be developers that know that or feel that this is going to be an avenue to where they can generate um, a name for themselves, make some money. So let's go out and buy this and develop some dope, some dope stuff with this. And then, like I mentioned at the top, the reason why the reason why it's called the Vision Pro and the reason why they created a new operating system for this leads me to believe that there's going to be the actual version of this that Apple wanted to release, but they couldn't quite ready. The engineers was like, no, we got to do this. We got to, I don't know what the parameters was as to why the pushback is to why we need not to push this out. But I think in my opinion, I think there's going to be this version that we kind of jump, that we kind of, that people go out and get and kind of uh, create the actual and get feed and Apple's going to get feedback from to where it's like, all right, we got this, that, and the third. We know all of this. People are making this. Now let's put out the reality instead of the Vision Pro. It's going to be the Vision Air yeah, or the Vision, whatever the case may be. They got to get it down to 1995. They got to right. get it down to 1995 for somebody to buy it, honestly. Right. And, and I think they know that, but they had to get something out. They felt like they had to get something out now. So this is the version that they said, we feel comfortable enough to where we can put this out. Sure, we ain't going to run up the scoreboard with millions and millions and billions of dollars. And this ain't going to be the new iPhone. But at the same time, this gives us a platform. And that's what I think this is. I think this is the platform for all the future devices. And they set the bar high. They They set the bar high. I don't think anybody else is going to be coming behind them with their version of this anytime soon. Um, Apple will need to, like I said, get that cheaper version out you know, sooner rather than later, but they set that bar high. This joint is, oh, is, is I know right now going. when this, when this keynote was going on, folks over at meta was cussing at each other. They was taking, they, 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 they meta threes, throwing them at the wall, rocking right. around mad, kicking trash cans. I'm they are right upset. Now looking at my Oculus like, this so Why can't you do none of that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, Man. Because uh, Apple did what, you know, um, like so we, we weren't on last week to even talk about this because that's the news really, you know, about this started happening in the last week or 10 days. And so we weren't on, but uh, I was on another show and we were just talking about it. And my question was, is Apple going to do with this like they always do? It's like Apple is never first. They didn't have the first smartwatch. They didn't have the smart, the first smartphone. They didn't have the first ear, you know, you know, ear, you know, earbuds, wireless earbuds. They didn't do any of this first. They waited and said, okay, we, we, you know, we, we see, we see what y'all are doing. Let's get in the lab. Let's work on it and let's, let's, let's apple it. Let's apple it. And then when we come out with it, so, so here, here is the thing. And we've said this many times on the show. And, and th- this is, you know, a testament to Apple. People are going to get into this. Terrence, as you said, they're probably going to come out with an air version or a light version and folks are going to start using this and they're going to think it was first. They're going to think everybody else started copying Apple when actually you can't really say Apple is copying anyone. It's kind of like they, they decided to do their own thing, they created something but completely. they're not, you know, these other headsets have been around for years. It's like, you know, it's not like this is, this is new territory. Um, it's just new territory for Apple and they absolutely put their foot in it. Um, 
I don't think they're going to have any time or any hard time selling these things. Um, because as you said, it's going to be probably developers who are buying it and people who have $3,500 who just want one, you know, the enterprise operate, you know, enterprise functions for it. So yeah, they're, they're good. It was just, you know, like I said, if, if, if I, you know, was in a different financial position, uh, like well, I would yes, totally get yes, it. Yes, you, 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 so you got to get your checking connected to your savings and your savings connected to your I check. Right. right, right. <laughs> so, so here, here, here's one of the things. Um, FaceTime. One of the things that kind of made me, you know, I was glad I was completely conscious for this part of the, of the keynote when they started talking about the avatars for FaceTime, because you're literally, this thing is sitting on your face. They're not going to be able to project your face to whoever you're FaceTiming with. So they're using an avatar to do it. And the, the key that, uh, you know, uh, that, that popped out to me, we trained our avatars on thousands of likenesses. And I'm just thinking. And hmm. they, and they scan your face. They, they scan your they face. Showed, they showed, they showed the guy holding, holding the headset at him to scan his face. But, but here's the thing. So my take on that was they're scanning your face, but they're not recreating your face. They are picking an avatar that looks most like you um, and getting your skin tone right and all that. I just want to see how all that stuff works. Right. Cause I'm just me and I just, I just don't trust it the first time around. So I actually, you know, uh, you know, a couple of people. So the, thir- the $3,500, I'm making a big deal about the $3,500 because it's $3,500. That's really not the reason that would keep me from getting this. What would keep me from getting this is that it's $3,500 and a first gen device. I just, I'm just not willing to be yeah. that guinea pig because you can't tell me like I've seen, I've seen the first iPhone. I've seen the first iPod. I've seen the first, you know, of a lot of Apple devices and they ain't always what they end up being, you know, when they, when they first become, you know what I'm saying? So, and I I think Apple knows that, which is why the price is $3,500, which is why I think they had, they took it. They made the point to talk, to bring in the heavy hitters as far as it relates to partnerships and whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it to, I think they kind of know, that and, right. and they needed that excitement of a new right. hardware. The Apple has not had a new hardware product in how long at this point? It's, it's the been Apple Watch years. was a, well, the HomePod maybe was the last yeah. one, but that was a couple years ago, and right. that was kind of and 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 it, yeah. and it and it hit the market with a thud. Basically, mm-hmm. there was no splash of excitement because it was a piece of crap, and and nobody bought it, and, and nobody uses it, and and so I think Apple needed a win. As far as hardware goes, they wanted something splashy and exciting. Which is why they focused on the hardware and the design yep. and how it looks. Yep. And yep, mm-hmm. yep, and and they did. They and they got it. I mean, it's it's a it's a beautiful piece of equipment. It's it's technologically superior to anything I've ever seen in my life. And and the people that you know, if you the the, the girls that get it get it, and they will <laughs> pay that thirty five hundred dollars yeah. because it is such a such a, a technologically advanced yeah. uh, device. You know what I mean? They're, they they gonna pay it. So, so we should also mention at WWDC today they did announce a new fifteen inch MacBook Air, mm-hmm. and which they, yep, and they and they also announced a new chip, the M two Ultra, right, M2 which Ultra, is going yeah. to be in the Mac Studio, which is a Mac Mini but more of a taller mm-hmm. version. And they brought back the, Mac, the Mac Pro, Pro. right? Which is yeah, the, if you grater. imagine cheese grater, right, right, right. Yeah. So they put them uh, the M two Ultra into that. So they all these specs, and I'm not a spec I, person, but it, it's funny. Just real, real, real 
quick though. I, I wrote a note about that because that that was the first thing they showed was the the, the well they showed the 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 MacBook the Air and then they showed mm-hmm. the M2 Ultra and all that. And it was like, what is the upper limit on these things? Because that M2 Ultra has like seventy two mm-hmm. up to seventy two cores and and a hundred and thirty yeah RAM, RAM, yeah. RAM and just mm-hmm. it's like. What is the upper yeah. limit on this? Th- thing? These things like, can push how- eight eight K monitors, <laughs> or was it eight four K monitors? Maybe it was eight four K monitors, no, but it was. It was- regardless, it was just like how much more computing power do humans can humans even absorb? Yo, uh, in Apple, their, in our brain? Apple, Honor Silicon, mind. they they did it. It's like you know, Intel is still sweating. Over these new things coming out because it reminds me of uh, Pimp My Ride. Where I, so I heard you like silicon. We're gonna take the silicon and add two silicons together. And we're gonna put three on top of that. What in the world? Like, how, like you can't even like there. There aren't even applications that require. This you know level what? Of computing power People who are doing video editing. If 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 you're doing video editing, you're going to be able to use a lot and even, of, of, and the, even of these still, things. And even still, the price for these things, the company bought it. it ain't me, me being a, a video editor with a drone and a high end camera buying a eight, nine thousand dollar Mac Pro. This is like people that work at Disney that go to work and Disney's got these things. Yeah. For them it's like, yeah, we, we, we need we need 34 of them <laughs> for the department. We need 34 of these jobs for the department. So, you know, that's true. There, there's I mean, there's probably some, you know, some independent videographers and stuff like that who are going to get it because they they need to plug in all kind of different cards to to do what they do, but these are not home computers. These are computers for somebody. These are computers that you just use at your home potentially. These are for folks who are doing that high end uh, video editing. Like that, I can't remember because I was I was kind of I was still kind of dozy dozing off in this part. But they they were talking about some of the cool things you could do with like a DaVinci Resolve. I would imagine you'd be able to do them with like yeah. Adobe Premiere. Things that like you know that I know. Would, would take me, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes to do, um, you know, just at my level that on these other, on, on these machines, you literally are getting them done in a couple of minutes. Um, and, you know, and if this is what you do for a, a living, sitting and waiting is a lot of a video, you know, a video uh, person. Someone who has sat and wait for a video to render, I get it, <laughs> but it's just, it, it just, it's just mind blowing. And it, I, yeah. but I love it. You know what I mean? I just love the idea of, of, of pushing that envelope of the nanotechnology and, and just doing more and more and more and more, 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 more. So I believe, Stephanie, that you had a, spotlight that we're going to do this week so why don't you tell us about dr kishana gray yeah i i happened to find an article recently about um dr gray and and there was some there were some things in the article about biases and gaming that i had not even considered um that just interested me so much that I was like, we should talk about her as a, as a spotlight. So let's talk about Dr. Kishana Gray. Dr. Kishana Gray is an associate professor in writing, rhetoric, digital studies at the University of Kentucky. She is an interdisciplinary, intersectional digital media scholar whose areas of research include identity, performative and online environments, embodied deviance, cultural production, video games, and black cyber feminism. 
She'd just become a professor at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And as someone who studies games and their intersections with factors like gender and race and with Black experience in particular, she was eager to learn about this game, Pokemon Go, that had become such a cultural sensation. She connected with a group of Black teens who agreed to meet her in Grant Park to show her how the game works. However, the young men were rebuffed by security in the area, their numbers and their Blackness disruptive, Gray said, to the white sensibilities of that part of the city. So the teens began heading back home to the predominantly Black neighborhood of Inglewood. Dr. Gray instead headed out to Inglewood to meet them. After all, couldn't Pokemon Go be played anywhere? Wasn't this one of its selling points, part of what made it so exciting? I couldn't have been more wrong, Gray told the conference. When I went out there to try to find a Poke stop, there were none around. She showed a slide contrasting a cluster of interactable points in the game in and around Grant Park with the dearth of them in Inglewood. Well, okay, she admits there were not quite none. There was one, she says, it was a statue in the park and it was a Confederate statue. Dr. Gray is also the author of Intersectional Tech, Black Users in Digital Gaming. She is also the author of Race, Gender, and Deviance in Xbox Live, and the co-editor of two volumes on culture and gaming, Feminism in Play, and Woke Gaming. Dr. Gray has published in a variety of outlets across disciplines and has also been featured in public outlets such as The Guardian, The Telegraph, and The New York Times. Dr. Gray is also a highly sought-after consultant being brought in by game developers and tech designers to help them think through making their games and their platforms more accessible and intersectional. I mean, I'm not a gamer, so I just and I, you know, I'm, I'm aware of you know the the racism and and all the stuff in in the gaming community from from people who play the games, but I I really hadn't thought about the games themselves, you know, being intersectional and 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 making sure that they were inclusive to to everybody, and it was just an area that I just had a complete blind spot in because I I wasn't a gamer, and and it was like wow, like. Everything, <laughs> everything you can throw a racial lens on everything, honestly, and 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 you know it. But it's good to know that there are people out there doing the work of of trying to raise that awareness and and correct some of those inequities in that space. So shout out Absolutely. to Doctor King. Yeah, th- th- things that we don't even think of in- until they hit us. But I'm just thinking, it's like you know where I live, you'd have probably have no problem. There's probably pokies. In fact, I know there are because my daughter played the game. So I know there are all kinds of things where I live out here in the suburbs. But if I were to go 15 miles south and get, you know, to the, you know, to the the east side or, you know, west side of Columbus, probably ain't playing Pokemon. You know, there's probably it's probably just not places for you to play. You know, they just didn't set the game up like that. So I'm, I'm glad that she's doing this work because it's just another area that we wouldn't even thinking about that. Yeah. Um, it's it's different for it's different for some folks than it is for others. That's right. That's right. So yeah. So y'all, um, I'm looking at the clock, and uh, you know we, we didn't even cover a lot of stories, but we covered a lot within the stories this week. So we went a little long this week, but it, it was a good one. But before we move on, as we always do, we got to give shout outs to any new patrons. So we actually got a new patron, Jermaine Cooper, on my birthday last week. So I wanted to uh, give a shout out to Jermaine Cooper for uh, holding us down. 
And we also got another raise, but you know this this is a raise from a, a family member. So they say don't shout don't shout them out. So I won't shout them out. But uh, one of one of my kinfolk gave us a raise as well. So we um, so yeah, we definitely appreciate it. So Tech Life Staff, tell folks how they can get at you. You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph or check out the brand new website, stephaniehumphrey.com. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. 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 